0: This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Let's stir the pot. Nobody listens to us anyway. (laughs) I mean, what difference does it make? Welcome to the Power Sports Podcast. It is me, Jason Baffrey, in studio with Eric Colvin. And joining us in studio today, once again, Jake Latimer from Grand Prix Speedworks and VDTRA, the Vintage Dirt Track Racing Association. And Jake, are you feeling the pressure yet?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've felt the pressure for several months now, for sure. (laughs) But it's getting close.
0: Yeah. So coming up this weekend, Saturday, September 24th, is the big vdtra event in west siloam springs oklahoma or arkansas is it like the border it runs right down the middle Literally of town the border. I, yeah.
1: I, i've heard from different people I, I honestly can't tell you yeah i think
0: there's one of each and i think that, like the the state line runs right through the middle of town or something like that but nevertheless flint creek speedway vdtra event and the first under your command
1: the first under my command yeah that's right yeah it's uh we got uh, this round and then one more round to finish off the VDTRA series but this is the this is the first one uh, under new management and the first of our new grand prix hot shoe series our whole modern program this will be the first race for that Yeah. So talk a little bit about
0: what's been going on the last couple of months. I mean, since you came on and and we kind of made the announcement that you had taken over the VDTRA, we talked a little bit about that time. And obviously, there's been a lot of preparation, a lot of work on your part involved, just getting things going and certainly getting ready for for this event. So tell us what it's been like
1: yeah getting ready for this event it was uh literally i tackled this the first day uh that we started uh by reaching out you know to the track owner and starting to put a plan together and to be honest the what i've been doing mostly right now is is uh just conversing and running ideas back and forth with different tracks and putting our 2017 schedule together so uh, wrapping up this year um uh, was uh the easier part i would say but um uh, we've definitely been been working hard for this this race and next year
0: what has the response been so far from riders in oklahoma surrounding states uh, and certainly you have a lot of connections around the nation from your your time in in flat track and and you running other vintage series and certainly being out on the west coast and that sort of thing. So, what what kind of response are you getting from riders? Uh, is there a lot of excitement building up? And and how are things going there?
1: Have been actually met with overwhelming positive response um, from a lot of people because our goal is to make this you know what it what it originally intended to be, which was a coast to coast type of, of national racing organization. And and unfortunately, uh, for reasons beyond my control, anyway, it's uh, the series has been based in you know solely in texas for a lot of years with with the rarity of a race outside of texas so you know that's a big hurdle to overcome but a lot of riders are uh, calling me and anxious about our schedule for next year and you know where we're going to be and and i can tell you that it's going to be next year will be more of a regional event and what i say by that is we will have uh, races in texas in oklahoma in arkansas in kansas new mexico and south dakota
0: wow so South Dakota, that, like Sturgis. Sturgis, South Dakota?
1: Like Sturgis, South Dakota.
0: How yeah. cool is that? That's is that cool. in conjunction with the rally or is Well,
1: it not to release too much info, but oh, basically okay. I'm going to do, uh, I'm trying to pencil in a date either. It's probably going to be in June. We're going to do a, a spring race there in June, you know, kick off to the summer. And then ideally two to three events uh, at the end of the rally there.
0: Wow, that would be awesome. Like a
1: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, potentially.
0: And then would that be, in? and, and I know you said you can't release too much information, but I'm going to ask anyway. I mean, obviously, sure. AMA has an event there in conjunction with the rally, so would it be something wrapped up with that? It'd be AMA and VDTRA events going on no, during that it would time? No, we would
1: basically just piggyback it. I mean, there's okay. a lot of racers in there, you know, that come, you know, to the rally every year to uh, watch and participate, but, right. uh, you know, it would be a an amateur and vintage, you know, program. But, I mean, I would look for some of the guys that are hanging around that you just watched race the national to uh, be there racing. For yeah.
0: Sure. Well, that sounds very cool. Uh, if you've never been to Sturgis, and I've never been to the rally, but I've been through Sturgis and stopped off and kind of visited some of the shops and, and done that sort of thing. It's beautiful up there. It's a heck of a drive from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's uh, it's worth it. And, you know, I still need to go back because, in like, I passed through there three or four times and and never stopped to see Mount Rushmore, which I just kick myself for every, every time. So Mount Rushmore is, like, right there. Uh, you're in um, Rapid City, South Dakota. Rapid City? Right, right. Rapid City, Sturgis. You think of Sturgis being kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and basically it's a suburb of, of Rapid City, South Dakota, and it's just beautiful country up there. So if nothing else, it's worth that. But, I mean, how cool is that to have uh, a VDTRA? event coming up and wrapped around all of the heritage there in Sturgis as well. So yeah, that's I think really it's cool. been
1: I would venture to say at least 15 years since VDTRA has uh, yeah, it's that been in, long in, in anyway. conjunction in Sturgis. Yeah.
0: So, coming back to what's upcoming this weekend we're going to see as you mentioned the grand prix hot shoe series is going to be debuting there so any any riders that people may know that are going to show up to the event to race either vintage or the grand prix hot shoe series or anybody we should be looking for
1: well you're not going to see any of the big name guys and when i say big name ama grand national guys because right. we're running you know same weekend same as weekend the, as the final you know, yeah. santa rosa final so i've had people reach out to me from you know five and six surrounding states uh Fast amateurs and fast pros that uh, you know will be around. So I look for uh, I look for a really good turnout.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting to me, and, and I think we talked about this before. The last time that you were on, I mean, it's been a long time since there's been any kind of viable flat track racing going on in in the Oklahoma area. But this is going to be an opportunity for up and coming riders and riders from around here who may maybe have had to travel a long ways just to participate in a race to be able to have a series closer to home and to be able to earn uh, points and recognition to, to move up through the AMA, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean ultimately it would be the you know, the stepping stone or the feeder series, if you will, you know, to the to the guy national series.
0: Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it's been a long time since that opportunity has been available around this area, right?
2: There hasn't been an opportunity in over a decade here, I think. That new writers and kids, upcoming and teenagers and stuff. I mean, uh, since
0: you were a kid, upcoming. And yeah, going but when into I was AMA a kid, series. you know,
2: there were still like pterodactyls
0: and brontosaurus. <laughs> well, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not but bad. bad. you you say that, and I'm not that. <laughs> much younger than you i mean we're only and so it makes me
2: feel really old when you say things like that at the time that that i was a a pro-am rider okay the you had to go to jeeps in kansas and ride there and there was a few places at jeeps or stockton during the fair series that you could get pro-am points or you went to boyd texas and uh, Boyd Raceway was owned by Mike Kidd at that time. Mm. And they turned that into what was basically a feeder racetrack. And I don't know how many of us got our junior points there back when they had a junior series. And that was, if anybody remembers, the yellow plates with the uh, black numbers on them, yeah, yeah. which was uh, before you became uh, a pro at that time. And. It was a lot of travel in order to get your amateur points, and then it was also a lot of travel to get your junior points to actually get a straight up number so what Jake has done with this hot shoe series is something that's needed to be done for a long time the over over a decade to fifteen years,
0: yeah. Talk a little bit about the the process, if you will, because, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the ability to earn pro-am points or earn points to maybe get into the GNC2 series. So how is that? how does that process work for somebody that's a, that's a rider and they want to, you know, someday run the GNC1 or even GNC2 series? I mean, what what is their process going to be?
1: Well, it's not – you know, back in the day we would have AMA sanctioned what they would call regionals or events that were not grand national races that you would actually score – you could you could make points, you know, um, towards your expert license. Um, they've went away from that. So basically all our series is a, it's a full-blown outlaw series. Um, you know, so you can run framers and you can run DTX bikes or, you, you know, it's kind of a run what you brung kind of a thing. The only thing that it will be is a series that will allow people to get a lot of seat time that, you know, when you apply for your AMA license now, a lot of times they want a local track or a local series to sign off to say yes you know, he, he's capable of obtaining his license. And so if we can help in that aspect, that's, that's great. But it'll give everybody a lot of seat time with a lot of fast people so that when they do make the transition, they'll be competitive.
0: Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the classes that we're going to see at this first event or the, in the last couple of events of the VDTRA, VDTRA season. Um, what, what classes do we have to look forward to? In
2: the vintage series? You want to start yeah, let's with let's start, start with a VDTR, right? Yeah. All right. So in the vintage series, we've got a 250 uh, class, vintage class. Then we've got a 500 vintage where the 500cc motorcycles have to be a air-cooled pushrod motor, which would be your BSA Singles or your Triumph Twins or Royal Enfields. And then we've got a 600 vintage. In 600 vintage, you're going to have your – two valve yamahas and your first generation four valve 500 hondas Um, and there's a amateur and expert in the 600 vintage then you've got an amateur and expert in the 80s era which is 1980s era equipment that was run at that time you have a modern uh, you have a amateur and a pro class there then we have uh, vintage twins uh, where it's going to be your Triumphs and your BSAs and your XS650 Yamahas. And there every once in a while, there's a few older Alloy XRs that run in that class. Then from there, for vintage riders only, you have the Modern Unlimited, which is kind of for all of us old guys to run what you brung. So if you have Modern Equipment or Vintage Equipment, It's a nice blending there we have vintage production which jake and i were talking about today which in essence is a vintage rider and vintage machine hooligan class right
1: essentially yeah (laughs) production bikes you know street bikes so
2: yeah basically it's a street bike you have the lights off of and we go racing and the cutoff date is 81 or like design so you'll see triumphs and BSAs and XS650 Yamahas and cast-iron sportsters and that kind of stuff. And then what do you consider a vintage rider? 30 years of age or older. Wow. Okay. So you might qualify a little. We might need to see your ID <laughs> just to make sure.
0: And so that's everything we're looking at for the VDTRA
2: classes? Well, we've got an over 45. Oh, okay. And then over 60. And then I think that covers it, right? Yeah.
1: There's 15 – uh, the VDTR had 15 classes, you know, and on the vintage side, and about 15 modern classes. So, we're going to watch the classes real close and see, you know, where the turnout is and what people are riding and kind of what people want. And I imagine for 2017, you'll see that slim down a little bit yeah. and streamlined a little bit just so that you're not running. 30 to 35 classes right
2: we've got some classes that don't seem to i think the equipment jake and i were talking about this and i think that the equipment is becoming extremely more difficult not only to come up with the equipment uh because of the cost because most of it is considered highly collectible but the part supply in order to support these motorcycles but we've got a hand shift class called dinosaur that you could ride
0: holy cow really
2: yeah like, even older than us. I, I, old. No, <laughs> I've, I've seen hand-shifting drag
0: racers, but I can't imagine a hand-shifted flat track. Are we talking about like a full like suicide shifter kind of thing going on? Well,
2: a foot clutch hand shift like the WR mm-hmm. Harley-Davidson wow. stuff and some of the old Indian stuff. And then we have a brakeless, which was a 30 and inch overhead valve or 45-cubic-inch side valve. So that's like a 500 Triumph twin or the 500 cc single bsa and like the flathead k model harley davisons but to date that those two classes that equipment how rare would you say that is jake to come up with that stuff
1: rare you just don't see them that that often
2: most of that you see in a museum or in an auction somewhere yeah so the, the
0: the big new thing is the Grand Prix Hot Shoe Series, and this is going to be a series that we'll see every everything and everybody from young children to to older people uh, on on a variety of bikes, but uh, see a lot of the DTX style bikes, the motocrossers that have been converted into dirt track bikes.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's the you know the main thing is we uh, I think just about two weeks ago we. Uh, we decided that we're going to let all the kids race for free. Nice. All the kids on fifties to sixty fives to eighty fives. I even have some uh, a family coming from Texas with their kids on little uh, four wheelers, and okay. they said, if, you know, would we have a class for them? And I said, absolutely. So all the kids race for free. All the kids get a uh, an award as well. Yeah, that's great. So pushing the younger, you know, the younger kids because that's where it all gets started, and sure. then uh, and then classes from your one twenty five to your two fifties to your four fifties, you know, on up. There's a class literally for whatever bike that. you So
0: we're going to see 125 two-strokes. Possibly. Okay. Sure. So the classes will be. I mean, you talked about all the kids' classes. 125 will have a 250 two-stroke or 254 stroke.
1: It's a 250, you know, CC limit okay. class, and then they have a 250 to 450 class. Okay. Um, uh, an over 30 class of what we call vet 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course our you know our top class, which is uh, um, our open. Pro singles class, which would be your four hundred and fifty equipment that the Grand National guys are running now, or an open twins pro class, which would be, you know, modern twins XR seven hundred and fifty Harleys, Kawasaki's, et cetera.
0: Okay, and then a, a full fledged hooligan class as well. Full
1: fledged <laughs> hooligan class, yeah, Yep. Yeah. Okay, and and being that uh, this race is in conjunction with the Bikes Blues and Barbecue Festival, I'm sure there's going to be. Uh, some rowdy guys out there on their harleys that they give a watch and say oh i could do that (laughs) so i put a post out there today that just just come see me for entry fee and we'll get you on the track to impress your honey in the stands yeah
2: Yeah, ape hangers floorboards and all we'll just tape up the lights and you're ready to go well that'll be interesting as long as the
1: beer is out of the cup holder (laughs) yeah
2: we can't have any beer in a cup holder swinging right there
1: yeah that's funny
2: well, it's
0: going to be an exciting event, and uh, I'm sure for you uh, on a variety of levels it will be exciting. But uh, I, I just think it's great that you know you have you've come into this. You're progressing. Um, you're really putting uh, flat track racing back on everybody's radar around this region. And, and giving them a place to go race and to watch, you know, for fans who haven't been able to see any flat track racing. I mean, we've talked about it numerous times. I mean, the OKC Mile is the first time there's been a flat track race in Oklahoma since the mid-90s or early 90s. But, I mean, even before that, you know, we weren't seeing it on a regular basis. And, and to have a regional series for um, people to be able to compete in, I just think is is going to be incredible. And, and I think the series is going to obviously grow and get better and as you get more comfortable and people become more aware and, and there's just a lot of exciting things that are going to come out of this I believe
1: and it, it, yeah and I appreciate that thank you I think uh, you know something also worth mentioning is you know we're to get everybody a chance to race flat track that may not ever have the chance or and uh, so with the, we introduced the knobby you know just a knobby motocross class for all the local motocross guys or whatever they can just bring their motocross bikes out and, and same with the four wheelers if you've got a a four wheeler with uh, knobby tires. We've got a class for that as well as flat track setup quads as well.
2: Okay, so uh, just pretty much something for everybody. Yeah, you can have a supermoto bike. Just bring it. We got a place for it to to ride. You got a dual purpose bike. Bring it. We got a place for it to ride.
0: Yeah. So,
2: Eric, I know you've talked about you're going to be racing as well, and we're going to try and ride a class. We're going to help also. Right. Um, Jake has said that. Uh, they're gonna make me work, so <laughs> i'm gonna I'm gonna go my father's gonna go he's gonna he's gonna work Don Muma at Motive Cycle's gonna go he's gonna work Carrie cannon's gonna go he's gonna be there to work so you'll have a lot of the people that's been on here uh, yeah and a lot
0: of technical expertise that will be on hand uh during the event
2: a lot of that and so we'll we'll take whatever Jake says and then we'll try and make it happen
0: yeah. And then Jake, are you are you racing as well? Or no, 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 you're no. just gonna. Sit? I mean,
1: my plan next year obviously is to have a, an ample staff that's right that's uh, you know rehearsed and knows exactly what to do. The first one, no, no, I've got to be available. You know. <laughs> but yeah, we'll float we'll float back and forth. Just to make sure everybody's having a good time. Make sure everything's running smooth and and uh, take the pressure off of having to race as well.
0: Yeah. So you talked a little bit about 2017. Um, in some of the areas what uh, anything else coming up in line that that you can talk about now that you're going to have in place for 2017
1: i can say that uh for 2017 every race will be a double header event it'll be a saturday sunday you know generally event um right now um you know for sure right now we've got scheduled one a month from april through october and probably two in october um So I don't know that we'll do more than one a month right now, um, but we'll just see how it goes. Everything right now is three-eighths mile track or bigger.
2: Okay. Which is a huge change because there used to be a lot more real small short tracks that were being run. But myself, I like the bigger racetracks, but I think the majority, wouldn't you say, of riders like the bigger tracks. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge step. That's actually a big improvement, I think for the series that it needed. It's needed for quite some time now. But having said that, he also, he being Jake, also uh, has secured uh, an event that a lot of us were worried was going to go away, which was the Waco half mile. Oh, yeah. Really? And being able to run at Waco is going to be a really huge deal. That's quite an iconic racetrack that goes back to the 40s or pre-40s.
1: Well, I'm not sure of the, the exact history, but I know it goes back a long ways. I mean that that's what introduced me to the VDTRA. You know, when I was based out of Wyoming, I would drive every year, you know, twice a year in April and October to run the you know double header Waco half mile. So, yeah, I, I'm proud to say that the VDTRA will be that that'll probably be our season opener is Waco in April, Okay. and then uh, one of our season ending races in October. And
0: that's been sort of like a non sanctioned outlaw race the last couple of years, has it not? I mean, it was really year for sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it struggled a yeah. little bit uh, as far as being a sanctioning race.
0: Well, that's great. A lot of excitement coming up. And you can, of course, find out more about the schedule and, of course, this weekend's event at VDTRA.org. You also have a Facebook page, so you just search VDTRA on Facebook, and you can find information there. And uh, just because of our relationship, we, Eric and and Jake, and uh, you know, we try to keep you informed about everything going on with the VDTRA here at the Power Sports Podcast as well. Uh, anything else you want to add that we haven't touched on as far as the the race this weekend?
1: Uh, you know, probably kind of short notice, but anybody that uh, uh, wants to be involved in the race wants to volunteer. Uh, their help, you know, look us up and we can definitely find a place for you if you want to corner work or you want to run results back to sign up or anything like that. Anybody that wants to be involved, uh, let us know.
0: Cool. Well, there's uh, a lot of other racing going on this weekend and we kind of touched on that on on the previous show. Everything that's going on this weekend, but the the uh, Ramsburg Winery Santa Rosa Mile, the final event for AMA Flat Track is taking place On the same day, September 24th, uh, that's happening out in California. No, there's the 25th. Oh, it is? Oh, well, I'm thinking of the Speedway race that's on the 24th. There's so much going on this weekend that I'm getting confused. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, that race is this weekend, and we we talked a little bit about that. We have the Indian making its racing debut with Joe Kopp uh, at the controls, but we are hearing through the rumor mill that uh, we've been talking about the Indian and its debut and uh, what's going to happen in 2017. But we're hearing through the rumor mill that there may be some other things going on there that perhaps Jared Meese, who we have said before, uh, it it seemed to be announced that he was going to be riding that bike in 2017, but there may be some changes being made there now, and we could see some other big-name riders on Indians in 2017, instead of, or perhaps in addition to, we don't know for sure. Uh, Jared Meese. right?
1: That's the, the you know the rumor is, of course, it's all a rumor. But the rumor is that Brian Smith and Brad Baker uh, will be the pilot of Indian in 2017.
0: Okay, and we do want to specify this is just rumor, and we don't
2: typically. Well, yes, we do. We'll, we'll get it's into rumor, it. and it's fun to it's yeah. Fun we'll to speculate. I mean, I think it's interesting speculate.
0: to you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Joe Cop does on the bike this weekend, what the bike is capable of uh, in its debut in competition. And, um, Eric and I kind of got into that on the last show. But, Jake, I mean, what do you uh, – you've seen a little bit of this. You know some of the guys. Um, what do you think the Indians going to do this weekend? Uh,
1: my personal opinion is – I'll tell you the, the thing that impressed me the most about the Indian, you know, not only its looks and, and the people that are dedicated behind the program, but in an interview, the uh, one of the lead engineers said they did a 24-hour – test on that engine and what that is is they wired the thing wide open for 24 hours to test wear and stress on different components of the engine and they shut it off and it was it was good to go oh my gosh um the chassis from the feedback that joe Cop and jared mees and, and even Corey texter said it's it's really really it's real close i think you're gonna see a huge upset i i look for joe Cop top five at santa rosa wow and I say that with confidence because
2: – He knows how to ride that track.
1: He knows how to ride that. That, that That's his kind of track. It's wide open. It's going to be up in the loose stuff where you can let the thing turn. And he's got the endurance. He and, does. Uh, if anybody can do uh, – top five. that's my, That's my pick.
0: That's that's impressive. I mean, that's higher than what you you speculated. <laughs> I speculated a
2: top ten. I thought top ten was was realistic. But you know, COP is capable of putting it in the top five or the podium. I think if the conditions are right, he can put it on the podium. Yeah, that's his kind of track and his kind of riding. It's like the Springer, high, wide, and handsome kind of deal. So.
0: Well, it's going to be exciting to watch and uh, just to see what that Indian team is able to do with the new bike this weekend and, and certainly to see what happens in 2017 and how that all falls together and who will be on the bikes. Brian Smith is an incredible rider. I mean, he's won almost every mile track that he's been on. It seems like, and he would be, but they've done so much development with the Kawasaki to get that bike into place and to, and to make a change like that. You know, you're starting to see more Kawasaki's. I mean, who, who knows um, what's going to happen there? And um, it would be interesting to see whoever ends up on the bike. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to have it in the mix.
2: Well, through the rumor bill, let's talk about uh, accessibility of motorcycles to riders. So let's talk about the accessibility of the XG to the riders and the Indian to the riders. What are your views about the amount of vehicles that are going to be allowed to the riders?
1: Well, I think to touch on, first of all, not only the amount of uh, bikes that are available, but the AMA just released that next year at every round, you may have a, a backup bike, but it's going to have to be the same brand of bike. So there's seven or eight, maybe nine teams right now that have a Kawasaki at their disposal or a Harley Davidson at their disposal, and next year – Unless you've got two of each, you're going to have to pick what brand before you start the day. So that's going to be real interesting as far as what people are building and putting their money towards next year.
0: And, and it's interesting that you say that to me coming from more of a, a car background because you don't see like drag race teams or NASCAR teams have multiple brands – that they're that they're choosing from, and that's just kind of an oddity to me. What would he? What is even the reason for that? Um, you know, that you would have a Kawasaki and a Harley sitting there ready to go.
1: No, it's it's, it's actually real simple. How how the power gets delivered to the ground. Okay. An XR seven hundred and fifty Harley in a dry slick, you know, less traction condition will put the power to the ground. Um, whereas the Kawasaki. Obviously, it shines on the straightaways, you know, when you get the thing hooked up and you get the power to the ground is where it's fast. So that's why the racing has been so close lately, you know, depending on track conditions is because the Harley has an advantage, uh, you know, through the corners and out of the corner whereas the Kawasaki is the exact opposite where its advantages are. So it makes for great racing and, and great riding ability. And
0: and I know that you don't see the manufacturer involvement necessarily in flat track, um, like you do, say in in motocross, even and certainly if you get into the car series, you know NASCAR and and other things like that. But it, it seems to me that to make the teams have to have be with one brand would be better for the manufacturers, but maybe, I mean, since there's not as much manufacturer involvement, nobody cares. But for me, it's, as a fan, I would think, well, I want to root for the Kawasaki team or I want to root for the the Harley team and not, you know, hey, my favorite rider is going to be riding one of his picks of, you know, two or three different bikes this weekend, and who knows what it's going to
1: be. Well, that's a, that's a real good point, and I can see, as well as a lot of people, see both sides of the fence. Your yeah. point is is very, very good point. The point of why people have one of each now is they can read the track sure. and see which bike is going to work better and, and give themselves the best advantage.
0: Yeah, and and I know we've uh, we've kind of hit on this, but I, I think the the diversity in brands as we start to see more, we see the Indian coming back in, but we've also seen um, the the Yamaha. We've seen a, a BMW, um, you know, making some runs out there. And I think it's really exciting to see all of those different brands get representation. You have Jake Shoemaker on the Triumph, and uh, you know I want to see that. I want to see the the BMW and the Triumph and the and the Yamaha and the Kawasaki and the Harley and the Indian because I mean that's what's cool to me is to see all these different guys on all these different bikes and who's gonna who's gonna do the best. And you know it would be great to see more. Factory involvement. I mean, more companies do what Indian is doing, what Harley is doing with the XG. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, Triumph and BMW get behind their riders, whoever that may be, and and offer a little more support there to, you know, bring up the um, the parity but also have the diversity of brands, which would be, you know, really unlike, you know, drag racing and NASCAR, we're down to, you know, maybe three brands in in each of those. So it would be cool to see multiple brands. I mean, Japanese, American, European brands all represented um, in the flat track series. And I think that would just help the series grow as it's on this kind of ebb of popularity right now.
2: Yeah. In the seventies, there was bsas and there were triumphs and there was yamahas and there was harley davisons and then in the 80s you saw more of just harley Davidson and honda and then there was a lot of there was a lot of favoritism towards the harley Davidson for a while and that favoritism sort of drove a lot of other manufacturers out and so you just had a harley Davidson cup series and it's not until lately that a lot of the other brands have come back and i think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's made the sport stronger.
1: Oh, there's been more brands in the last uh, five years than in the,
2: than the past the last two decades yeah, or three. 20. That's right, and yeah. it's got to make the sport stronger, I think.
1: And and not only that, but it's allowing you know, granted, it's expensive to build a new Kawasaki to build a competitive Grand National Kawasaki. It's expensive, but I think the maintenance schedule on them is is why they're more appealing. A lot of guys can get the engine built. Check the valves and change the oil and, and race it half a season. Where, whereas a Harley, it's it's every race or two. Yeah, depending on budget, you know, of tearing the thing down and.
2: I have a first generation XR, and if you start it, you got to take it apart and look at it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, overall, um, I think it's an exciting time for for motorcycle racing, for flat track racing, and uh, and I, I think we're just going to continue to see. That grow and hopefully the the popularity with the involvement in the X Games and as uh, the AMA. Pro National Series gains more popularity. I mean, we've seen a lot more uh, media exposure from different uh, different magazines and, and even you know mainstream non-motorsports-related magazines. I think back to the story that was done on Shayna Texter recently. I mean, all of those things are going to help the, the popularity and getting more of those brands in there. And so um, it's a good time to be involved in flat track racing, and I think certainly to have uh, Jake the VDTRA and the Grand Prix Hot Shoe Series as feeder to that. It's just a good time overall, and, and it's ex- an exciting time to be involved with the sport, in, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and with the VDTRA, the, there's a lot of opportunities to have a diversity of, of motorcycles. You can, you can get in the production series, you can just find a motorcycle that fits within the era that's designated and take the lights off and come ride, but then you can also find Uh, a dtx bike in other words you can find a later model motocrosser and have the suspension done and change the wheels up and put tires on it and there's a place to ride amateur wise or if you're 30 or over there's places to ride that and we have the modern unlimited so it's going to be really easy to participate in the VDTRA. and the way that jake's got it structured now as easy as it was it's even easier now uh, to participate, and that's not the case in some of the other series. So we've needed this for a really, really long time. And it's just nice to see that the changes are being done and the series being pushed forward. And I think the new face is really good for VDTRA. I think it's needed it, and it had become a state series, uh like he'd said before. It used to be a national series, and he's bringing it back to that one step at a time. So I think it's it's going to be good all the way around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, shifting gears just a little bit, uh, I don't know, Eric, if you saw this news, but uh, there's some news coming out of the NHRA drag racing world this week dealing with pro stock motorcycles. And apparently after last weekend's event, it was announced that Angel Sampe and Corey Reed, who both currently ride for George Bryce's star racing team, will both be leaving star racing at the end of the season, and Corey Reed is starting his own team, and Angel will be coming on as a team manager, and it's not specified at this point if she'll be riding at all or if she's just going to assume the team manager roles, but what I have seen, basically this came as a complete shock to George Bryce, and Angel, three-time NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle Champion with the Star Racing team, back in her the early days of her career. And then she took several years off and returned this year. She's already picked up a couple of wins and has had low qualifier times and has had a really great season. And, and I know that they were probably building and George was probably building to get ready to come out in 2017 and really make a run for the championship uh, now that she got a, a year under her belt. But All of that kind of goes by the wayside. And he was caught off guard from the sounds of things. But I saw uh, he basically put out an open letter to Angel on Facebook, which there's you can that's a whole other conversation that I could get into, but I'm not going to. But the grace, I guess I would say, that he offered Angel as being a part of his team and his family and wishing her well. And obviously disappointed in the way that things happened, but, you know, basically saying, you know, uh, she's always part of the family. Um, They've had a great run together. He understands the decisions that that she would need to make for her future, for her family, and, you know, for her safety, if you will, uh, as she you know, gets a little older and maybe, you know, your your mindset changes um, when, whether you're riding a motorcycle or you're racing a motorcycle. And certainly when you're racing a motorcycle at almost 200 miles per hour on a regular basis, you know, and and then when you have children, your, your mindset changes completely. So speculating, I mean, all of those things have to be going through her mind. But nevertheless, it, it's a big announcement. It's a big change. Corey Reed, a young guy, he's only 23 years of age, but apparently had a dream to own his own team. Some things fell into place, which haven't been announced yet, but he'll be forming a team with his family. His family is involved in Alcohol Dragster and then another class as well. And so some things going on there. But just a really interesting move, a big announcement that Angel would be leaving Star Racing Team. And, you know, they were they were building Corey up. He was going to be the, the next big thing for star racing and you look back at the riders that they've had i mean on winning championships you go back to john myers winning championships they are a championship building team
2: and and always have been yeah that came as quite a surprise i saw a little bit about that i was amazed at how much you couldn't figure out or (laughs) what you couldn't read about it but it almost seems like that they just i probably wasn't intentional but it almost seems like they left the poor guy high and dry
0: yeah, it does kind of sound like that, and and again, not knowing any of the behind the scenes stuff, it it seems like an odd move, especially with as close as I know Angel has been with the Bryces, George and Jackie, throughout the years, and you know who knows why things happen the way the way they did, but uh, a big change in the face of Pro Stock Motorcycle coming for 2017.
2: You know, there's a lot of talent out there that 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 they could choose that he could choose from to to fill those shoes, but. Just because a writer has talent doesn't mean that they work with the team well, and I thought that they had that. I thought that they had a lot of camaraderie between the, the writers and the input from the writers into the team, and I thought it was working really well. So to read that and to see that was really strange.
0: Yeah, and um, you know maybe we can get a chance to, to have uh, George and or Angel on on the show at some point, and uh you know, get the, get it straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. Um, We'll figure out a way to get that done. And uh, I I think that would, it would be interesting to have those conversations with them and find out, you know, not that they're going to go into great detail about the behind the scenes stuff, but it's kind of one of those sad things. It's like a family being torn apart in a way. And and you hate to see that, but it's business, it's motorsports. These things happen, you know, so we'll just look to see what happens for uh, 2017 and who goes where. And, and George, Bryce, you know, has been doing the Pro Stock Motorcycle through the Frank Holly School for a number of years. He's got uh, probably a backlog of talent that he can choose from. There's a
2: long line of guys that would ride for him tomorrow.
0: Yeah. You know, Corey and Angel will will go into the event in St. Louis this weekend, and uh, they'll be riding and still riding for Star Racing. So I'm sure it'll be a little bit of a shift in dynamic there. But, you know, I know... Everybody there's professional, and you know they'll go out and they'll do their job. But uh, I'm sure tensions will be a little higher than than usual.
2: I'd like to see him come back strong with some good riders. I'd like to see him give Vance and Hines a run for their money.
0: Yeah, and we talked about that before. I mean, the, just the availability of the parts, and uh, you know, and and he basically put out the the challenge. You know, give us the same parts as as what uh, the Vance and Hines team has, and let's see what see what happens. And uh, I think that would be interesting, but
2: <laughs> we'll see. You know, that brings up an an interesting subject, like even in dirt track, Jake, what do you think, how do you think the parts that individuals are capable of acquiring and buying, how diverse that is in the equipment, motor parts and wheels and brakes and stuff?
1: You know, there's, uh, in the dirt track scene, there's very few guys that are doing this. I think with the Kawasaki's, there's more engine builders and more uh, things of that nature, you know, popping up, but... You know, for years and years, it's been the same people going to the same eight people. Yeah. I mean?
2: And it about parts availability is like somebody doing their own stuff. OK, like if they have an independent team and they have their own engine builders, the availability of good racing parts versus just a shelf racing type item. What do you think the, the diversity is there? Like guys being able to get the really really good stuff versus older technology that's being pushed as current technology.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I I don't know.
0: Well, and and what is the the availability? You mentioned there's like eight guys that people go to. I mean, so are, are we talking? I mean, you had everybody on XR 750s for the longest time. Now you've got you've got the Vanson Hines team involved with Harley Davidson with the XG 750. That's the only one of those out there. So I doubt anybody's getting any parts or pieces that go along with that. But, uh, you know, Indian's probably going to be pretty tight on their stuff. Do you, do you think they'll open that up for other – they're just going to have a factory team and that's going to be it? Or do you think other riders will have the availability to buy those bikes and and compete with them?
1: So back to the rumor mill. Here okay. we go. Back All to right. the rumor mill. I hear that uh, six to eight months, they'll be available for about $25,000. Okay. Uh, I would imagine, and I think that I heard this right, that you will have to be a licensed racer, you know, to order one. Yeah. Well, I don't make, know if that's any. any that truth makes sense. To that.
2: But yeah, that would make sense. What have, what, are, what have you heard about the availability of the development and the availability of XG motorcycles? Banson
1: Hines right now is the only person I know of, the only team that I know of that is uh, doing any kind of work. With the XG, and interesting
0: so, since Vance and Hines is the only team that's also doing anything with Harley Davidson in in drag racing as well.
2: So they're they're pretty isolated in and, and in when it comes to drag racing, like Pro Stock motorcycles. Uh, there's a lot of the Vance and Hines still has four cylinder lease motors, is what I understand, and you can buy or you can lease those, um, and then you've got the what they call a Buell, which is still the handmade V-twin power plant. Mm-hmm. But a lot of even that stuff, dirt track-wise versus drag bike-wise, it's. I think that it's very difficult to get a lot of the really good parts as a privateer team. Yeah.
0: Well, and it, it all comes down to, I mean, any form of racing, you have cubic dollars and whoever's got the access to to the parts and pieces. But I think, you know, overall, if if things are available, not everybody's going to be able to afford for a brand new, you know, race ready Indian straight from the factory. But, you know, if, if they're at least accessible, you know, if, if Indian's not locking that down and, you know, but as a factory team, you know, my, my ideas on that are, are, a little bit different. I don't think you necessarily have to have that available for everybody, but I mean, if everybody's got a Harley Davidson, everybody should have access to the, essentially the same parts and pieces, or I don't know, it's a, it's a weird dichotomy that goes on out there in the racing world.
2: Racing is definitely not a level playing field. No, by no any and it never has of the word. Been. I mean,
1: and in a flat track especially, in flat track everything is a secret.
2: <laughs> yeah. Tight lip secrets for sure. I would I was just was wanting to to see the being since the XG was a was a street production engine with its format that a lot of the development they had done with that motorcycle which i said last time i thought that the development had come a long way and they'd done a a lot of good with the development of the motorcycle but i'd like to see that kind of stuff available to a wider variety of teams where they could buy those motorcycles or they could buy the engines or buy the parts to build the motors themselves that kind of deal yeah
0: well i think we've uh, exhausted ourselves (laughs) <laughs> and, and topics on this, this show So we're going to wrap it up Do you want everybody Join us in West Siloam Springs, Oklahoma Or Arkansas, depending on which side of town you're on Flint Creek Speedway This Saturday, September the 24th For the VDTRA event You can find out more information At VDTRA.org
1: Gates will open at 8 a.m. for the riders
0: 8 a.m. for the riders
1: and practice uh, will start about 10:30. I think that's when gates open for the spectators.
0: Okay, so come on out, enjoy some great flat track racing from the VDTRA and the Grand Prix Hot Shoe Series. Uh, also, you can watch the Facebook VDTRA Facebook and get instant updates as those happen. And Jake comes out with uh, you know more information over the next couple of days. And look on there, and you can find the backlog of information and, and everything that you need to. Just ignore you know, his selfies. <laughs> ignore the selfies um, and his memes. <laughs> All right, we appreciate you listening to the Power Sports Podcast. Uh, you can, of course, listen to us at OklahomaTalking.co. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at Powersports Talk. Go like our Facebook page. We need Facebook likes, so tell your friends about us. Go like the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Powersports Podcast, and you can uh, keep up with everything that's going on with us there. Come out and see us this weekend. And we're going to have a good time. We're going to go racing. It'll be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. And next week's Power Sports Podcast, we're, we think we're going to have Kerry Cannon of Cannon Racecraft. We're going to talk a little suspension. And Eric's looking at
2: Back like to that. the rumor, Bill. That is, that is absolutely the rumor. <laughs> we, we may have to hog time and drag him in here, but it'll be all right. All right. So thanks for listening.
0: For Eric Colvin, and thanks again to Jake Latimer for uh, joining us in studio today. I'm Jason Baffrey, and we are out of here.